All right, welcome back to another episode of the Carter Cast. I'm your host, Carter Bond. With me, as always, Connor Spare. It's just Connor and I today. Dylan, not on this recap show. Connor's first time being on the recap show. Uh, we're doing it a day later. I wanted to watch Monday Night Football. Plus, uh, we had to see all that Chief stuff in the Jets game. It's good. Oh, we yeah. wait until we get to see the Monday Night game, too. We can recap absolutely everything, do a brief preview, and then we'll be back Thursday. So Tuesday, Thursday this week, and then back to Monday, Thursday from here on out. Uh, but... Talking about the games this week, uh, we'll do a little housekeeping as we always start with. Uh, sh- should we do parlays or punishment talk first? I've got one housekeeping item, Carter, and that's uh, really convenient for Dylan to not show his face on the first show after this past weekend. So parlay after talk, what happened, parlay talk. I'd like to lead into the parlays. I mean, I just it seems like there was a common denominator between all three parlays this week, and I can't I can't place it. Yeah, I, well, so we missed every single parlay by one leg. Mm. Um, we, we can go through, I can, I can look through the parlays real quick. I have them, I have them on my phone. So it looks uh, like, have... so mine for the college football parlay pushed. I'll own that, but a push, a push nonetheless, Boston college minus three. Yep. Boston college minus three, but like, Hey, a push, you, you know, the keeps the parlay alive. That's all that matters. It does. Parlay's alive. Like even if the parlay goes, oh, and, or it goes, oh, oh, and three, like, Hey, like, I mean, we didn't lose alive, Like you didn't lose. Mm-hmm. Um, so Boston college, you know, great comeback, great backdoor to push. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Washington, Arizona under 67 and a half. I don't know if you saw the game, but, uh, finished 31, 24, finished at 55. Wasn't ever a sweat once in that game. Never and doubt. Then, uh, who had app state minus 13 and a half. Was that one of the fan entries we got? Did we, did somebody like write that in or comment that on a tweet? I don't, I don't know who would put that in there. Uh, I think it's I think it's someone who's a who's a Michigan fan, but ironically taking App State minus thirteen and a half. Um, at, oh, did anybody know what happened? To App State? Oh yeah, no, they had to win on a forty yard field goal, fifty one yard field. I don't I don't even know. Like what, what fifty, the, yeah, yeah. Long. They had to win on a field goal to beat Louisiana Monroe, who lost to A and M by I don't know a thousand fifty two to like seven. Um, it's all right. But, yep. So, okay, you know, it happens. I've lost the last leg of a parlay already this year. I, I think I've done it once or twice already. But mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what? That happens. That happens. Um, but, like, the NFL anytime touchdown parlay. I don't know about you. I had Josh Jacobs plus 105. Uh, that cashed easily against the Chargers. Uh, everyone knew that was going to cash. It was easy. I, I mean, you played it straight up. It's just mm-hmm, great, mm-hmm. great stuff. I- I had Kyron Williams. Uh, he actually got two against the Colts, minus 110. Mm. And then he ended up with two. I knew that was going to hit. Colts run yeah, defense, not the greatest. Touch- yeah, he was the first touchdown, too. No problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened? Jamar Chase, did he score? I don't even think the Bengals scored a touchdown, did they? Well, I'm kind of wondering. The Bengals finished with three points. That must mean he didn't get in the end zone. Mm. Who, who put that play in? Was that, was, that, was that the Michigan man himself again? I think it might have been an App State player. Who wrote into us? I don't know. Yeah, I think I think it was some. I think it was, I think it was uh, some some guy named Dylan. I don't know. Honestly, I I, out of all the picks this week, I can't follow him for that one. I really thought the Bengals yeah, were going to show like up this one. weekend. I, yeah, I, I wasn't upset about that one. The Titans' pass defense sucks. But moving on, this next uh, one. I mean, Jags minus three in London wasn't even a sweat. Twenty three to seven. I mean, we all knew the Jags was the right play there. That was my biggest play of the week. I had the well. First of all, yes, Jags minus three. Loved that play. Great game in London. Um, Twenty-eight to three. Ravens beat the Browns. I had the under forty-one. I believe it was. So they finished with thirty-one. Made me sweat in the first half a little bit, but Deshaun Watson ruled out. That helped my chances a lot. DTR yes, got absolutely poopied on. 
I was a little worried first half. Ravens were putting up big numbers, but finished at 31. So I had 10 points to spare. Love that. So that's two for two right there. Last leg was Raiders plus five and a half with no Jimmy Garoppolo. Aiden O'Connell played. Um, how'd that make it in? How'd, how'd we allow that, Carter? How do we allow that? We've been bashing. We've been bashing the Raiders since preseason. Who? 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 But who? Who put that? Who put that in? Surely it can't be the same person. Because if, if you, go, I think it's the same person that lost all three legs of the parlay. If you go, if you go over three, sneaky. Is that a punishment? <laughs> Backdoor punishment. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna say it, but I mean, let's see the college football play since since the Boston College play pushed that loss would have been 2.6 units if you put one down. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Jamar Chase would have hit, that would have been nine units, I believe, if I did my math right. Uh, so there's 11.6 units there, and then. The Raiders would have been another six units, so that's seventeen point six units. That's brutal. Lost there. Um, yeah, yeah we, got some, great. we got to have some repercussions. Yeah. Anyways, it's yeah. okay. You know what? Yeah, we got that out of our system. He yeah. he ducked us tonight on the recap show, so we're allowed to do ducked this. Us, that, yeah, yeah. That, he's putting in PTO left and right. I mean, we don't. I don't have unlimited PTO on this show. I don't. I don't know what's going on here, but I think he put anything. in for a, a mental health day, like wellness day, like I used to get at ESPN. That's what, that's what you call them, wellness days after those parlay yeah. picks. Yeah, exactly. But anyhow, it happens. Whatever. Um, punishment. Uh, Duke obviously choked, gave up a last second touchdown in the Notre Dame game. Riley Leonard, high ankle sprain. Uh, Let's go Irish. Myself. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Notre Dame was the right side there. Never a doubt for the cover. Never a doubt. Not not the right side whatsoever. Duke was Duke was Duke. Was, oh man, it just stinks too because Duke was the better team in that game, especially in the second half. And Mike Elko, what are you doing? What are you doing on that pooch punt? Just go for it. You're oh, yeah. six. You have the better quarterback in that game. He's playing better. You're at home on the Notre Dame thirty-three. You are rolling on this drive. Go for it. Instead, you punt it to gain twenty five, give them twenty five yards less. At best, at best, you're saving like thirty to a minute off the clock. That, yeah, that's like a, when they're in that drop cover. That's like a play or two. So it's not that, even that much time at all. That's scared football. And then come, and then on the, of course, the defense gets a, a very questionable, questionable defensive pi. But whatever. Um, I said before the recording, I know we didn't tweet out the punishments or whatever. I'm going to let you and Dylan decide. Uh, I'll, I'll chime in. We'll decide that Wednesday night when we record the Thursday show. Uh, but I'll, I'll let you two decide that. Sounds good. I'll, I'll be prepared. Uh, two oh. and zero in punishment bets. Let it be known. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm here too. I'm, I'm against Dylan. Against Dylan. Put that out there. I need to, I just need to go against Dylan. It's like, it's like playing, you know, when you play like uh, Mario Kart on 50cc, you're like, I'm not, I don't want to go up to 150cc yet. Like, let's keep dominating on 50cc with Yoshi. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyhow. And then last thing is uh, NBA's back soon. NBA's very NBA's close, and I'm ready to talk some basketball here soon. I gotta say, media day today was getting me pretty excited. I gotta say, the Drew, the Drew Holiday trade, the Dame trade, obviously a lot of moving parts. Kai Jones on the Hornets. You have to talk about that, right? Jim, he, he, <laughs> emo jimmy butler all of a sudden uh oh yeah media day is getting me excited seeing everybody in the new jerseys and stuff it always gets me excited so nba is coming up so i'm excited about that all right uh let's talk football uh we just had week four nfl 
Uh, obviously, as Panthers fans, it didn't go great, but we're not going to start there. We're going to start with uh, the London game, if I can get this pulled up. All right, uh, starting off in the London game, Jags win 23-7. 23-7. If you watch the game, if you did not watch this game, and you like, you look at the stats. Let's see here. Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter had went 19-31, 191 passing yards, uh, two picks, one touchdown. Um, if you watch the game, those stats even lied themselves. He was so, so bad. Arguably mm-hmm. should have had five interceptions. Definitely four. He should have had four interceptions. The Jags dropped two easy interceptions. And the Falcons, how are how have they not gone to Taylor Heineke yet? This is just going to be a reoccurring segment on the show every week because it just doesn't make sense how they have not switched to him yet. Because Desmond Ritter's clearly not the guy. He clearly cannot get you there to even win the NFC South or even compete, essentially. Like, if you're not even getting close in these Jags games, I don't even know how they've won the Panthers game. That's how bad he is. You called it on the parlay video uh, on the TikTok we posted when you said, Desmond Ritter is still the quarterback for the Falcons. I'm fading him every week, especially with the three-point or less spread like that. You said it. Two picks. You lost a fumble. I would... I would love to know how many of those passes were potential interceptions. I mean, it was in and out of the Jaguars' DB's hands, tip balls everywhere. You didn't trust him to lead a drive. You didn't. B. John Robinson's awesome. He had 14 for 105 this weekend. But there was never a doubt for the Jaguars. And the Jaguars aren't even that good this year. Their offense is – I don't really know what happened to it, but they're not that scary this year. But, man, watching that game, you have no hope for the Falcons on any kind of drive. And as a loyal Toy Story viewer – a lot of those balls did look like potential interceptions. Uh, you saw it on the when the claw would drop the ball and Red would pass back. You know, I don't know. Toy Story cast, uh, even the kids could tell he's not it. Yeah, I know. You're you have an eight you know eight year old sitting there just like, oh yeah, this Desmond Ritter guy stinks. On the other side, I wasn't impressed with the Jags either, though. Like the Jags were frustrating because you're watching the game and you're thinking, how are the Jags not up by way more? The Jags were playing with their food in that game. They should have been up. You think I'm exaggerating. If you watch the game, there is no reason they shouldn't have won this game 40-plus, 42-7. to It should have been an absolute domination. Yes, it looked cool. Yeah, you win you know, by 16 points. Yeah, you know, it looks cool. You win by two scores. This should have been by more. I was disappointed by both teams in this game. Yes, I was happy I bet the Jags. Yes, I was happy I won the Jags. But I am very weary of this Jags team, uh, even though they won a home game in London. I completely agree because coming into the year, everybody was high on the Jags offense. Calvin Ridley's coming back to the league. Trevor Lawrence with a lot of people's dark horse MVP pick. I haven't seen it so far through five weeks or through four weeks, whatever it's been, four weeks. I haven't seen it so far, and I don't know when they're going to wake up. I mean, next week they're back in London against the Bills. Bills are actually favored by six in that game right now. There's a good chance they get the doors beat off of them, and that's it for the Jaguars. Like, There's a good chance they lose the next couple games because they have the Bills, and then who do they have the next week? The Colts. If they lose to the Colts in that divisional game, there's going to be a lot of people to start talking. Yeah, that Colts game's a must-win for them, 100%, especially because they lost to the Texans already. Uh, right. Speaking of the Colts, let's talk about the Colts-Rams real quick. Rams win in overtime, 29-23. Colts have a massive comeback. Uh, Puka Nakua is the best wide receiver in football. Uh, someone Did someone in, in this on this Zoom call right now draft them last round of fantasy? Uh, I think I think, I think so. I think you might have, yeah. yeah. How's that Anyhow, been working out for you? A little scary. Cooper Cup, 
Cooper Cup back from the IR next week. You a little scared? How's that going to work? Think, I actually think fantasy, whoever, like if, you have, if you're a Puka Nakua owner in fantasy, I think Cooper Cup coming back is not a negative thing whatsoever. It's going to open up the field for him way more. There's going to be a lot of focus on Cooper Cup. Also don't know if he can stay healthy the whole year. Yeah. I trust Puka Nakua more. He's been awesome. I mean, the Rams are, let's talk about the Rams real quick. They won this game. Are they good? Like, are they a playoff team? I'm just scared of the health factor. That's the thing. They're, I've heard this a lot. They're a top-heavy team, which is true. So if Stafford, who has a hip injury, he's dealing with hip injury right now, supposed to play this weekend, but he's already been dealing with little injuries this season. Aaron Donald's still there, but he's been playing pretty well this year. Cooper Cup hasn't played yet this year. They're top-heavy, Carter. And when those top four, four or five guys go down, if a couple of them go down, they're screwed. Like, there's not much depth on this team. Puka Naku is great. Tutu Atwell's been a revelation. Kyron Williams is a pretty good RB1. Shout out to Parlay. They've got talent there, but I'm a little worried if one or two things go wrong, they don't have the depth to make the playoffs without all their guys. I'll say that. Yeah, they can't have injuries. They can't have injuries. Um, mainly, I'm more – it's not even on the defensive side of the ball. Yes, it's great having Aaron Donald. He's been a monster. But he has. More so, like – I don't know how legit the Matt Stafford injury stuff is. They talk about nerve damage and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff for him. I don't know how legit it is, but like he looks phenomenal, man. He looks fantastic. He's making great throws. He's stepping up in the pocket. He looks great. Yeah, I, he's been healthy so far this year. Sean McVay came out today and made a little comment saying he took a, took a hit in the Colts game that wasn't expected to sideline him, but he's been healthy all year so far, and he's been awesome. I kind of feel like, because the way last year went, a lot of people forgot that he just won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. A lot of people like that was out of their minds. I come into the year, admittedly, I was low on the Rams. I think I hammered their was under six and a half, maybe. I don't think that's going to hit anymore, but I didn't expect this. I didn't expect this card. I think there's a good chance they can go eight and nine, nine and eight, and sneak into the playoffs in a wild card game. I 100% think they can too. On the Colts side of things, um, if you're a Colts fan, like it's just got to be a fun year. Like, yes, it stinks. You lost in overtime. You came back. You're disappointed. Obviously, that's football. We're detached from it because obviously we aren't Colts fans. But like, from the outsiders looking in, the Colts just seem like such a fun team to like right now with Anthony Richardson. I mean, he is the definition of an electric factory. Going into any game on a Sunday, they could come in and upset a team. That's the thing. And yeah. I feel like the odds makers, they're going to start making these spreads a lot shorter. Even the one this weekend against the Rams was like minus one or something like that. Any given Sunday, this Colts team can get hot. Richardson can run for 150 yards, or somebody can catch a bomb, or Zach Moss can go off. Jonathan Taylor's coming back from the PUP list this week. They're a scary team to go up against. I don't know how much I like love them to make the playoffs, but they could easily ruin a team's season and win a, win a couple of these games against the high-quality teams in the league. I mean, right now, see, the Colts are 2-2, two and two, right? And they have wins over the Texans. and So they have a divisional win. They beat the Ravens, which was impressive. They're, like... I don't hate them as a sneaky a like AFC South. Anything can happen now. Anything. There is not one thing that can surprise me in the AFC South. Same with the NFC South, but that's a later discussion. But anything that happens in this division, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be so, like now watching the Texans. I wouldn't be surprised if they mm-hmm. want it. The Titans, same thing. Colts, same thing. Jags, same thing. On the Colts, they play the Titans next week and the Jags in Week Six. So if they split those games or even somehow win both of them, we're talking about Colts winning the division this year. Yeah, we'll get, I'm going to get stats department on the uh, odds real quick for that. But let's move on real quick. Uh, this game stunk. We don't have to spend much time on it. Ravens-Browns. Browns played backup quarterback DTR. Uh, they're just so injured. There's not yeah. really much the Browns could have done in this game. Ravens are just solid. They're just rock solid. Uh, I feel like – I don't know about you. This may be like a weird thing. 
it feels like Lamar, like obviously he had that one to Zay Flowers, but it feels like Lamar Jackson hasn't been throwing the deep ball the same since the MVP season. I don't know if that's lack of weapons or just play calling. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, the weapons this year are better than he's had, I think. I mean, I know, Ever. I know Odell's already hurt, but these are the best weapons he's had. Exactly. Um, but a lot of Deacon and Dunk, you know, mesh routes under like drag routes below the first down line. I think a little bit of it's play calling. I think as the season goes on and if they start trailing in some games, they're going to have to let him loose a little bit. But he's also been running the ball pretty effectively this year. Not as many attempts, but he's had, you know, quite a few rushing scores. Had two against Cleveland. Also, Mark Andrews, our guy from last year, two touchdowns this past weekend, Carter. We might need to hop back on the anytime touchdown every week, uh, any, every week train, huh? No, no, I'm done with, <laughs> I'm done with you, uh, Mark Andrews. Uh, last thing I want to talk about with this game, uh, Browns, I just need to see them healthy, not too worried about them. Uh, with the Ravens, are the Ravens legit or are they kind of phonies? Because I can't really tell. Yes, they lost to the Colts, but the Colts aren't a horrific team by any means, but it just, I don't know what it is with the Ravens. I don't know if I'm fully buying into them. Like, yes, they're good. Their defense is phenomenal. Yes, they can run the ball. Yes, Lamar is phenomenal as well. But I don't know if I'm buying into the Ravens. I can't tell if they're fake or not. These next two weeks are going to tell a lot. They play the Steelers next week. I think the line's like Steelers plus three right now. That's going to be a tough game. Steelers have been asked this year so far. Mike Tomlin's going to have his guys ready. You think he's going to go under 500 quietly. This is a classic divisional rock fight game where he's going to have his guys fired up. You're going to tell a lot about the Ravens in this game, Carter, because they could come out and they could dominate like they're supposed to. Where's the that more, game at? They're the Where's more talented team. It is in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. So we're going to tell a lot about the Ravens team, this, how they handle that. Lamar's got to come in and just dominate. You can't play around with the Steelers at home, especially like that. If they hang around, there's a good chance they come back and win. And then the next week, week six, they're in London against the Titans. And we know Mike Vrabel, they're not going to roll over. The Titans are not going to roll over. Lack of talent, whatever. They just smashed the Bengals. These are two teams, the Steelers and the Titans, that aren't going to roll over. But they are games the Ravens should win. The Ravens are more talented, and they should win these games if they're a legit team. So we're going to tell these next two weeks what kind of year it's going to be. I think you're right. I just... I can't get a read on this team. I can't. I feel like I, yes, I've won a lot of money with on the Ravens this year. I feel like I've called every Ravens game so far, but I mm -hmm. also just can't decide whether they're Super Bowl level or not. I just don't think they are. I think there's just a missing piece there. It's just not quite there yet. I need to see that offense really explode, really show how good they are. Like, yes, against the Browns, oh, it's great. You scored against a top five defense. You scored 28 points. That's phenomenal. But it doesn't help that the offense was so bad in that Browns game. If you're the defense, eventually you run out of gas and run out of mo motivation. Exactly. And that, that was my point. It's going to be too. When you're the Ravens and you look across the line of scrimmage and all of a sudden Watson's a late scratch and you got DTR playing, as an offense for the Ravens, you're like, okay, if we don't put up points every time, like it's not all that pressure on them because they know no. DTR is not going to drive down the field and put up points. And also the defense is going to put you in phenomenal field position. Right. Uh, but let's move on. Let's talk about a really sad game. Vikings-Panthers. Vikings win 21-13. Uh, two defensive touch or a defensive touchdown by each team. Justin Jefferson with two, two field goals for the Panthers. Uh, uh, a zero from the offense uh, oh, man. when it comes to – scoring uh yeah bad game bad game bad game uh vikings real quick let's start there because i know we're gonna end up doing five minutes on the panthers uh kirk cousins this was a questionable game by kirk cousins especially the f you're like oh his o-line didn't give him time oh he didn't do like 
Kirk Cousins should have diced up this Panthers defense, should have diced up C.J. Henderson. He had the easiest one-on-one matchup in football, Justin Jefferson on C.J. Henderson. All you have to do is close your eyes and chuck it. Chuck it to Justin Jefferson every time. I was very disappointed with Kirk Cousins in this game. I didn't think he was very good at all. I agree with you. I took Kirk Cousins' passing yards. I also live bet it whenever the Panthers went up on that pick six. I was like, oh, he's about to dice them up 300 yards easily. Only had 139 yards on 12 completions. Jefferson, yeah, he caught the two touchdowns. Only six receptions. You would have thought coming into this game, Jefferson's going to have 10, 11 catches on this Panthers secondary. I just didn't see anything. It was very stagnant, only putting up 21 points. The Panthers were very much in this game. If you take away that Bryce Young strip sack touchdown, it's anybody's game at that point. And then there's going to be some real questions about Kirk Cousins. If they somehow lose that game, they're 0-4. And if they were playing probably 22 other teams in the league, they lose that game. Just because it was the Panthers who can't move the ball. Maybe like 26. I was about to say 30. Maybe 30 other teams. The Vikings was really bad in that game, man. That was ugly, ugly, ugly football. That was the poopiest game of the week by far. And I'm looking yeah. at the Vikings schedule here. Bad Sunday up. for Kirk Cousins backer Dylan Wilkerson, by the way. Kirk Cousins MVP, best quarterback in the league. He looked rough on Sunday. Uh, yeah, I wonder why he's not here. Um, Vikings have Chiefs next week. Loss. Uh, Vikings have Bears win. It looks like they just might flip-flop the rest of the season. Chiefs, Bears, Niners, Packers, Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears, Raiders. That's their key stretch right there. And especially if Burrow goes down, they need to go off in that like five, six-week stretch if they want to have any shot at making the playoffs. Um, but enough on the Vikings. I will. Uh, I think it'll be a fun game next week against the Chiefs. By the way, that's gonna be that's gonna be touchdowns mm-hmm. left and right. Um, but the Panthers. Uh, everyone's going off Bryce Young this, Bryce Young that. Uh, Panthers suck. Panthers are going to give the Bears to Caleb Williams. Uh, yeah, probably. Panthers stink. But, but I want this very well known. This is not a Bryce Young problem in Carolina. This is a Frank Reich. This is a GM. This is a coaching problem. This is not on Bryce Young. What is he supposed to do when these guys get zero separation? Every game this year from the Panthers, what do what does every color analyst say? Oh, these Panther receivers are getting zero separation. Bryce Young doesn't have anybody to throw to. You talk to anybody that's been at the games this year that can see the entire field that you can't see on TV, and I don't have all, all 22. They say the same thing. Bryce Young, the guys are never open unless he gets out of the pocket and they just can dance around and the corners are on, stranded on an island. Bryce Young will be fine. I can promise the people that he is a very good quarterback. Yes, you can say C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson were the right picks. That looks great right now. I understand that. If you're a Panthers fan, you're like, oh, my gosh, you're seeing the Texans win games. You're seeing the Colts win games or be close in games. They look fun. I promise, I promise, give Bryce Young time. It may not be this year. Just It's going to be growing pains. It's going to suck giving up a top five, maybe top three pick to the Chicago Bears. But I mm-hmm. promise Bryce Young is not the problem in Carolina. It's weapons and it's coaching. Every single time he goes to the line, he's having to kill the play call. It's so bad there. It's so bad. And if you didn't see Frank Reich's press conference today, I'm going to play it on the podcast on the you know post edit right now. I called a play for Thielen, and then I realized he was out, and I didn't know he was out. Right. I didn't know he was out fast enough. It was a play that could only go to Thielen, so I had to change the call, and we ended up that was the one we had to call a timeout on. 
So that was that was what happened on that. How can you believe that? How are you an NFL coach and you call a play for a guy that's not even on the field? And then you have to burn a timeout. And then every single time the Panthers are late coming up to the line, how many close delay of game calls were there? One, how many delay of game calls? And how many timeouts did they have to burn because of it? I don't know if that's a Bryce Young problem. I don't know if that's the play coming in weird. I don't know if he doesn't have the command of the offense. He's not in, there's no urgency either. That's the other frustrating part if you're a Panther fan. They go down, and no one gives an F. No one cares at all. It's just, okay, whatever. Bryce Young gets hit on a late hit, and the O-line just goes, Cool, man. Get up. We don't mm-hmm. care. Do something. There, there's no urgency. There's no care in Carolina. It looks like an NBA team that's already eliminated from the playoffs playing in late March. So a few things here. You touched on a lot of good points I wanted to hit on. First thing about the Reich press conference, it's okay to have plays drawn up for certain players. Like, okay, if Thielen's in the game, we want to run this play for him. There's no excuse for that to happen. If they call that play when he's out of the game, the other guy should know what to run. There, It shouldn't just be a play call only for Adam Thielen. If they call a play, somebody's got to be lined up in his spot. There's other receivers on the field. you got to have the right personnel in there. you still got to run it. So that was, I think that was complete. If that's true, they're only calling plays for certain players, and when they're not in the game, that's come on, that's ridiculous. Second of all, how do you not know he's in the game when you're calling the play? She's standing right beside you. Third of all, I think it's a mixture of both with Bryce Young. So – for anybody watching on video, I'm wearing a Bryce Young jersey. I ordered it from the Fanatics Sportsbook sign-up promo, you know, before week one. And, of course, it got delivered right before he was at, ruled out of the game last week. Anyways, this is the thing about Bryce Young. I think you're right. I think you've got to give him time. It doesn't help the play calling. It also doesn't help that they're just not letting him loose. Because you look at Anthony Richardson, you look at C.J. Stroud, the Colts and the Texans both have the right idea. It's, you know what, we're not going to be too competitive this year. We're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. Let's cut him loose. Let's see what he's got. We're going to be aggressive, call play calls, call, call quarterback runs for Anthony Richardson. They're just going to let him play. And the Panthers won't take the leash off Bryce Young. It's different. It's different. I don't know why they won't do it. If we were the 49ers and we had a chance to win the Super Bowl and we just needed Bryce Young to be a game manager and you know we had all the great weapons, then fine. Be conservative. That's what they did with Brock Purdy and it worked out fine. When you draft somebody number one overall, the first year, you're not going to be competitive. you got to see what he's made of. Just give him a chance. Chuck it downfield. He's going to make the mistakes, but at least he'll get the experience this year doing it. That's what I don't understand is these checkdowns, these bubble screens, these RPO handoffs, whatever the hell. It doesn't work for getting him reps. Any, any quarterback could go out there and throw bubble screens and slant passes. Let him loose. Throw some deep routes. Terrace Marshall had nine catches for 56 yards. How do you get 56 yards on nine receptions? Do you know why? Ten bubble screens and inside slants to go for one or two yards, and they run out of bounce for second and eight. It is, and slipping on the turf. And slipping on the turf, yeah. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Cut him loose. And another thing, Miles Sanders, I guess our offensive line also doesn't help, but Miles Sanders has been a shell of himself in Philadelphia. I think it's clear that Philadelphia had such a good offensive line last year, and now he comes to Carolina. 13 for 19 yards, 13 attempts. I just can't. This offense is so frustrating to watch. Cut him loose. Either way, we're not going to be competitive in games. At least see what he has. If he throws a deep pick or has a bad game, fine. But more often than not, he's going to show some flashes in these games if you just let him loose with the play calling. I don't get it. I so I understand why they're doing there. You know, you want to ease him in. You don't want to ruin his confidence right away, like you know Zach Wilson did last year with the Jets. The counterpoint to that is they are losing these games because you're not letting them loose and you're doing these stupid bubble screens, you know, cheap plays, easy plays, high school playbook, really. It's yeah. it's really just a high school playbook. But by yeah. doing all this, 
you're not increasing his confidence because you're not you that you, you show you have no confidence in him. You have to have that balance. No, you can't gunsling it like Zach Wilson his first year. Just close your eyes, chuck it. Garrett Wilson might be out there somewhere. Right. No, you, you got to be smart about it. You got to let him loose. You said it right there. But like I said, I'm keeping all my Bryce Young stock. It's not that. I'm. It's the Carolina coaching staff. And mm-hmm. any Carolina Panther fan knows it if they watch the press conferences today. I usually think press conferences are stupid. They're a waste of time. Uh, they tell a lot in Charlotte the last few yep. years with Matt Rule and Frank Wright. Um, but we should I probably move on. We spent a lot of time in the Panthers. We should. We, we should. One last point. One last thing about Bryce Young and the play calling. I, I think easing him into games is fine. You know, first couple drives, bubble screen here, get a couple completions, get get his feet wet. But as the game goes on, when you're at defense and you know he's not going to throw the ball more than 11, 9, 7, 2 yards downfield, you get to play up. You get to stack the box. Not great for rookie quarterback. Doesn't build confidence going three and out pretty much every possession. That's all I got to say. Uh, last thing I want to tell you real quick, before, uh, I mean, in between games, this is not about the Panthers or Vikings. Um, is Book It with Trent a good gambler now? Some are saying he smashed the surgical six this weekend. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm hearing about Ole, that. Ole Miss money line too. Ole Miss storm of the field. Yeah. Some are saying he's back. Noah Fant uh, didn't get first touchdown, but did get close to scoring. Uh, right now, Seahawks are up 21-3 after a pick six. Uh, that means that the 10 unit goat whale might hit. I don't want to jinx it. Might hit. Um, Shout out to Seahawks money line. Yeah. Book it with Trent. Good gambler all of a sudden. Wow. Um, anyhow, let's move on. Titans, Bengals, Titans won 27 to three. I don't have a lot to add to this one. I Titans, they won. They just beat them up. That's what it was. Yep. Bengals, Joe Burrow's hurt. Joe Burrow's hurt. I, if you're a Bengals fan, I'm curious, what do you do? If you're a Bengals fan, would you rather sit Joe Burrow the rest of the year, let him get healthy, kind of tank, get a nice pick, and then just go into next year all in or try and salvage something from this season? Well, they play so here's the thing. They play the Cardinals next week, and then the week after that, they play the Seahawks going into a bye. They have to win both those games. So let's assume they win both those games against the Cardinals and the Seahawks. They will be, what is that, three three and three going into the bye, hopefully. I think that's okay. I think that's enough to stay afloat in the AFC. I think there's going to be a, like, there's a, there's a real path for them to make the wild card as a nine and eight team. As, as horrible as that is for Bengals fans who expected 13 wins this year. They can still make the playoffs. And if they are, in fact, healthy for a wild card, it doesn't matter who they play. Like, they're going to have a chance to win the game. I will say this year, Burroughs looked bad, whether it be for an injury or whatever. That offense has looked terrible. Putting up three points on the Titans, whose pass defense, like like Dylan said in the, re- or in the review show last week, their pass defense is atrocious. So putting up three points is absurd. If they can win these next two games, get some momentum into the bye, maybe get Burrow healthy after that bye week. Maybe even bench him one of these games, honestly. You can probably beat the Cardinals without Burrow, maybe. If they, I don't know about that. Josh Dobbs, yeah, sneaky, sneaky, sneaky there. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, I uh, if they, let's say they beat the Cardinals this week and they lose to the Seahawks, you go into the bye. You're what two and four right there. If you're Ugh. two and four. I think the conversation starts. I think so too, because after the bye week they play. Let me see here. After the bye week, they've got the 49ers. That's their first game back from the bye. <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing is. It's getting to that point. And then where the Bills. And then the Bills on Sunday so, night. He's so clearly hurt. He is so clearly hurt. It, I, I, mean, I fully believe in Joe Burrow. It's, I don't, it's clear that it's an injury. I th- you can't tank in football, but you might want to tank in football this year if you're the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm kind of on team tank. Uh, it's looked really bad. I, you just don't want to make his injury worse. 
Let him get right. healthy. You have to. You might have to punt in the season if you're Cincinnati. On the Tennessee side, uh, they're sneaky back. They're sneaky back. They're just going to be an annoying team when you bet against. And they're also they might just become the all time stay away team. Just hey, guys, don't bet. Don't bet this game. Tennessee's sneaky. involved. Why is the line plus one and a half for Tennessee? Yep, sneaky division like the Bills, AFC South. I think all four of those teams are, are can be classified as the annoying team to bet against because Jags, yeah, they're kind of looking like ass this year, but they have they have the offensive weapons to go off any given week. Arden talked about the Colts being able to upset anybody. Texans look pretty good with C.J. Stroud. They've been putting up numbers, and then the Titans always there, always grinding it out, grit and grind wins. That whole division, I'd be terrified to bet against that entire division. And even with the Colts, if Anthony Richardson's out, like Gardner Minshew, he's a pain in the butt to bet against too. Yep, I would agree. Yeah, Gardner Minshew's a starting quarterback. Yeah, no, I think they are the most annoying division to bet against because, like, NFC South, I mean, Panthers are 0-4 against the spread. Pretty easy. None of these teams in the AFC South are 0-4 against the spread. None of them. No, um, no. But anyhow, let's move on. Bucks saints speaking of the NFC South. Bucks win 26-9. Bucks are another team I want to bring up. They're not uh, – Let's rephrase that because I don't want to spoil it. Are the Bucks good? I can't say yes. I know what we've seen so far. I know Baker's looked pretty, people, pretty decent people this are year. Gonna, people on social media are going to see the jersey you're wearing and be like, oh, of course. No, no, show the Panthers jersey. That's fine. First of all, of course they chose this year to be good. I thought that we talked about it preseason. We were like, the Panthers have a great chance to win the division. Turns out they don't because all the other teams are decent this year. Panthers 31-1 to is pretty good. Pretty I, good odds. Save your money. I still can't. I still can't trust the Bucks, man. I know Baker's look decent this year. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, he's still got weapons there. I've ridden the Baker Mayfield roller coaster Carter, and I wanted to get off almost immediately. There was a little bit of false hope going into the year when he was a Panther. It was like, okay, maybe this guy's got it. He was the number one pick for a reason. You know, he's got some talent. And then how quickly did it go off the rails? He wasn't even on the team at the end of the year. I don't trust it. Can't trust it. Been there, done that. I know Bucks fans, you might have hope, and I'm glad you do. Don't put all your eggs in the Baker Mayfield basket. I can't. I can't do it, Carter. Not after what he did in Carolina. But one, I I question the Carolina stint because I I don't know how bad his shoulder was. With the Saints, it's basically you look at the division. Carolina's done for the season. They're zero and four. Cash. They're they're out. They're going to be zero and six going into, into the bye. Falcons. They're just going to be annoying. Saints. If any team has a winning record in this division, they're going to the playoffs. They're winning this yeah. division. The Saints are not a good team. They're the Saints not. can't score. The Saints cannot score. Derek Carr's sneaky needs to be – I know he was hurt going into the game. I'm sorry I keep saying people were hurt, but he was hurt. But, like, he needs to be talked about in the Mac Jones camp, Kenny Pickett camp right now. He's kind of skating by a little bit. And uh, yep. that defense is – the defense is only the only reason the Saints are relevant right now. Like, the Buccaneers putting 26 points on that defense. It's impressive winning on the road in New Orleans. It's hard to say they aren't good. And I I I'm I've been anti Bucks this entire time. It's just hard to say they aren't good if you compare them to the other guys in the division. I can't believe the with three the, and one. With that being said, I'm still saying the Bucks are not going to win this division. I just can't buy into the Baker Mayfield experience. I can't. I've been burned once. I'm not gonna be burned twice. I, I, every every team should go through the Baker Mayfield experience. This just feels so much like that Sam Darnold Panthers year to me. It feels but, so eerily similar. They win these games. They you know they didn't beat good teams. The Saints are not a good team. They have a good defense. They're not a good team though. Look at yep. let's look at the, who the Buccaneers have beaten this season so far. The Vikings, 
Okay, we've seen what the Vikings are. The Bears, the Bears are the worst team in football next to the Carolina Panthers. The Eagles, yes, it was semi-close, whatever. It wasn't no, really ever the, close in that no, game. No, it wasn't ever close. Yes, exactly. And then they beat the Saints, who are not a good team. Lions, Falcons, Bills, Texans. I mean, that's kind of a gauntlet these next few weeks. <sighs> yeah. They are not going to beat the Lions. They have They're, to beat the Falcons. And they have to beat the Falcons. That Falcons-Bucks game might determine the NFC South in a couple weeks. I just here's the thing though, Carter, with this division. We've already counted out the Panthers after, you know, it took us long enough. They're toast. We just shit talked the Saints and Derek Carr saying he can't throw. He's hurt. We just talked about the Falcons and how Desmond is one of the worst three quarterbacks in the league, and how we don't trust him. But but who's the team that's left? The Bucks. No, it's the Falcons. It's uh, because Taylor Heineke will come in and the Falcons will do just enough to get into the playoffs like Taylor Heineke did in Washington with the football team or commanders, whatever they were. Taylor Heineke is going to lead the Atlanta Falcons this playoffs. Clip this. How many weeks, if Taylor Heineke comes in, how many weeks is it until he's considered the best quarterback in the division? I say two. Yeah, I mean, probably. Better than Ritter. I mean, Bryce Young, we don't know about. Derek what, Carr, I mean, clearly he, not having a good year. And then Baker. Baker has a tendency I, to fall he, off. He might play against the Buccaneers in two weeks, and that just might be the indicator right there And if, if Taylor Heineke beats the Bucs. Taylor Heineke... Is going to be is going to finish as the best quarterback in this division this year. I, I firmly believe that, and he hasn't yep. even played, and he probably won't play the first six seven weeks of the season. Whenever they announce him as the starter, I'm instantly putting a, a bet on the Falcons to win the division. Whatever the odds are, as soon as he's announced as the starter, give me that yep. bet. Yep, absolutely. Uh, let's move on though. That's enough NFC South. Talk. Yeah, yeah. Give uh, me Dolphins, out of there. Bills. That was supposed to be the game of the day. Bills just murdered the Dolphins, forty eight twenty. Just putting up points. Dolphins had to play desperate football at the end because the offense knew that the defense couldn't stop the Bills, and they're like, all right, like we just got to throw it up. We got to play risky now. It came, it bit them, but they had to make that gamble. Um, watching this game, it makes you feel really good about the Bills. You're like, yes, this team's legit. They are Super Bowl contenders. The Dolphins, I don't feel any worse about the Dolphins, as crazy, crazy no. as that is to say. Yes, you see the score. It looks really bad. I think the Dolphins are still going to be a fine team. The Dolphins are still genuinely Super Bowl contenders in my mind. Uh, yeah, we knew they were going to get I, punched in the mouth eventually. Yeah, and, and you know, yes, they gotten lucky here and there, barely beat Pats, whatever. That winning, you're you're winning games in football, and it wasn't pure luck by the Dolphins. Their offense no. is legit, uh, and you also have to have a hangover after putting up seventy points to a team, and then you got to go on the road against the best team in your division, your number one yep. rival this year. That's tough. I don't feel bad about the Dolphins. I feel great about the Bills. I don't know if there's much more to add to that. Sneaky uh, sneaky victory lap here. Me, you, and Dylan, all three were on Bills minus two and a half. That was quite sneaky, quite literally sneaky, a nice bet. Sneaky, we uh, we did all right this week on our picks going through the games. I'll get stats department on this real quick. Oh, yeah. If, if we talk about the actual games we covered and said we liked, we hit on quite a bit. Ravens was a good one. Bills, obviously. So, yeah, I got it right here. I got it right here. Dolphins, Bills, uh, we said Bills. Ravens-Browns, yep. we all said Ravens. We were chalked yep. this week on a lot of these games. Uh, Jaguars-Falcons, we all said Jags. Uh, Raiders-Chargers, I didn't like the Raiders on that side. And we also did preview it when Jimmy G was supposed to play. So yeah, uh, I don't think you and I said anything. That was more Dylan just propagandizing the uh, Raiders. And then Chiefs-Jets, I don't think we made a prediction in that game. I think we all said stay away. Yeah, uh, and we just made Taylor Swift, Zach Wilson jokes. Oh, and, and by then, the way, uh, which did very good on socials. By the way, thank you everybody for the views and the arguments in the comments. I loved it. 
<laughs> Anyhow, uh, USC Colorado, <laughs> that was awesome. I don't know what we said in that game. Did we say anything? I think we. I said over. Well, I took the over. You took the, the over end. and hit with flying yeah. colors. Yeah, only, uh, only half a unit though. Only half a yeah. unit. I feel bad. Uh, Kansas Texas. That's. I'll we don't that at the very very Ugh. end of the show. I want to talk about Kansas Texas. Just one comment. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Uh, Broncos Bears poop bowl. Broncos win thirty one twenty eight. Bears have their Caleb Williams hope still alive. Uh, Hilarious. Nothing Hilarious to game. add to this. Hilarious. It's just game. a funny game. Yeah, it's a funny game. It should have been on Thursday night. It really should have been on Thursday <sighs> night. I guess we're getting that game this week with Commanders Bears. Yeah. Um, just poop game. That's all I got to say. Commanders Eagles overtime. Commanders always play them close. Sam Howell. Uh, Heisman Howell, talk to me. Talk, let me let me get a second quarter. Heisman Howell, talk to me. Heisman Howell made a play at the end. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Eagles thirty four, <laughs> Commanders thirty one. Now talk. <laughs> Sam oh, Howell sucks too. He watch him watch him lose to Justin Fields this week. That would be that would be the Sam Howell experience just wrapped up into <laughs> one one box. Is that he plays the Eagles super close and then loses to the Bears somehow at yeah. home on Thursday Night Football? But like, is Sam Howell just Taylor Heineke two point uh, That's that's a pretty decent <laughs> comparison. Uh, Sam Howell's a guy he can run outside the pocket. He can make plays. He also gets hit a lot. Takes a lot of risks. Offensive line blows. But the thing is, he's got to drive to tie the game, win the game. You're a little bit scared. You're more scared of him than like Desmond yeah, Ritter or Bryce but Young. You're also, you're also kind of scared of Taylor Heineke in that situation, too. You're like, what is this dude going to pull out of the hat? Shout out Taylor Heineke getting a lot of love during this show. Um, I, thought Sam Howell play, I thought Sam Howell played his ass off against a really good Eagles defense. And I think the commanders, at least for the next couple of years, he's got to be the guy. I mean, people, he's a fifth-round pick. I think he should have been higher than that if he went the year before. Heard his draft talk last year, but I was impressed. We'll see if they get an offensive line, get some weapons. I think I need to bonk you. We need to chill with the Sam Howell's talk. I'm I mean, telling you, you Carter, the, way you, he, the way you're talking about Sam Howell, the way the smile on your face, the glow, like oh, because I love it. Because Trubisky, oh, Trubisky got Sam shafted. A, mm, Sam Howell made a seven yard pass that looked so good. Trubisky got shafted coming in the league. I mean, he had a great year no, for the he Bears. Didn't. He sucked. He no, sucked. He, at, he was average at Carolina, and he he sucked. He's He'd be better than Kenny Pickett right now. He'd be better than Kenny Pickett right now. Put him in in Pittsburgh. Come on, Mike Tomlin. <laughs> Good lord. Tomato, tomato. It's the same thing. I don't, I'm just excited. Sam Howell's the starting Pickett quarterback. Out there, or if Mitchell Trubisky rolled, came out there, I don't think I would know the difference. If we're being honest, <laughs> if I'm watching on the quad box and Mitch Trubisky's in for Kenny Pickett. I honestly probably couldn't tell you there's a difference as long as they have a single digit number. That's fair. That's fair. You know what? I'm just excited. Sam Howell's a legit starting quarterback and he's not shit in the bed like I thought he would. So that's good. Yeah. Eagles. I mean, like close divisional game, not like Eagles are good. They're going to, they're just winning games. Like I think the Eagles are good. I just think like it's the NBA team. That's kind of bored with the regular season where you talk about the warriors, you know, they stroll through the regular season. They go through the motions. I feel like that's what's going on with the Eagles right now playing with their food a little bit, but they know in the end they have the offensive line. They have the talent to get it done at the end of games. I just, I, I want to see them blow out teams a little bit more, but I think as the year goes on, they'll start to take it a little more seriously. Like you said, the Warriors analogy is perfect. They might drop a couple weird games or, you know, get played close like the commanders and have a chance to lose. They'll be fine. Come the playoffs. They'll be completely fine. Yeah. Uh, Texans at Steelers or sorry, backwards Steelers at Texans. Texans win 36. CJ Stroud looked great. Steelers are really bad. Um, called that coming into the year called the Steelers being terrible yep yes we did uh Texans look good uh CJ Stroud looks phenomenal 151 passes without an interception that's a phenomenal stat uh mm-hmm. Ohio State where's Dylan we need to talk to Dylan because he's got a lot of questions to answer I know. Ohio State quarterback CJ Stroud looking very very nice so far 
And I'm going to get all the hate out of my heart as a Panthers guy. Everybody's saying, oh, we should have taken Stroud. No, not going there. Just watching the Texans, they're kind of fun to watch. Very fun to watch. Very fun to bet on. Uh, Raiders, Chargers, that's the game that broke our hearts. Parlay, Aiden O'Connell might might have made the dumbest decisions as a quarterback. It, it, it was Zach Wilson. I'll say it. It was yeah. last year. It was last year. Zach Wilson, sophomore season. Zach Wilson decision making in that game. The fumbles, the end of the game pick. But then all of a sudden, he like makes one weird throw that looks good. Uh, Dill, I will say one thing: Raiders are bad. I Raiders are a bad team, but the Chargers are a bad team. Where I will give Dylan credit for. I think yeah, the Chargers on that. Are a, I, I think the Chargers are a very bad team. Their defense is Swiss cheese. Besides Khalil Mack. Six sacks for Khalil Mack. That was insane. Uh, this was just a brutal game because we got teased left and right. You know, with the Raiders, they were dead early. We were like, you know what? Chalk it up. Parlay's dead. Then they then they pulled. They tugged on our heartstrings, Carter. They came back, had a chance to tie it, blew it, got hooked on Josh Jacob rush attempts. It was just all around a terrible day for that game. I mean, it was just Herbert got hurt. I was like, you know what? This is it. Raiders are going to come back. They're going to have a miracle cover. Didn't help. The line closed at plus seven, which would have been a push. We took it earlier in the week when Jimmy G was still supposed to play. Just a miserable game all around. Both those teams are bad. Can't trust them. Can't trust either of them. Yep, yep. But you know, integrity. We uh, we take what uh, we take what we pick here on the part. Yeah, we don't we, fade. We, we don't fade the third leg like somebody that's not in this uh, not in this chat did against me and then the pick hit. All right. Mm-hmm. Cardinals mm-hmm. at Cardinals at Niners. Niners thirty five. Cardinals sixteen. Uh, Niners are good, man. Niners are the Super Bowl favorite. They should be. Nine, Niners are the best team in football. Cardinals got sneaky. Cardinals sneaky fun, Josh Jobs fun, kind of annoying to bet against, but Cardinal or the Niners just they're just so good. There's really nothing to add there. Yep. Uh I just want to see the Niners Cowboys next week. Speaking of that, Cowboys 38, Patriots 3. Cowboys, yes, they're good. They're, you know, explosive. Uh when are we going to talk about the Patriots as the worst team in football potentially? I heard a lot a lot of rumblings about that already just about Mac Jones not being the guy. When are we going to start blaming Bill Belichick? I mean, obviously, he's brought all those championships in New England, is, but has the game passed him by? I've heard that a lot already. Is Mac Jones bottom three quarterback in the NFL right now? Here's the thing. I, as far as hope goes, like we've seen enough of Mac Jones to not have any hope. So the way he's playing right now, I'll definitely put him bottom five. But as far as like right, the rookies look, look, go, like, like Bryce Young, I still have hope for Bryce Young. We haven't seen enough of him. He's going to be good. We've seen yeah, enough of Mac excluded. Jones to make it. Okay, then yeah, we've seen enough of Mac Jones to make a statement. Is he the worst quarterback in the league? Rookies excluded. It's got to be him or Desmond Ritter, right? I mean, Zach Wilson had that game last night, but he's got to be talked about too. But those three are have to be the bottom three. Fields. I think Russell Desmond Wilson? Ritter. I think I think Desmond Ritter is the worst starting quarterback in football right now. I think okay. he has so many weapons, and nobody does less with that amount of weapons than Desmond Ritter. That is true. With Mac Jones, he's a bad quarterback, but it's not like he has the weapons that Desmond Ritter has. That's very true. The, the Patriots receivers. Running, I think he might have the two slowest running backs in the league. It's them two and Najee Harris, right? Yeah, Najee Harris. Yeah, running in jeans. Um, he uh, I, and then last thing on this Pats thing. The Pats stink. They're going to be terrible. They should tank. You we know, were on that too. Belichick just wants eerily, eerie, eerie, eerie comparisons. Uh, why are the are the Patriots the, the Spurs just 2.0? Like, is that just what they are? Are they just the exact same franchises where all of a sudden Bill Pelichick might be okay with tanking if it means he gets Drake May or Caleb Williams? Like how Popovich was okay yeah. with tanking for Wemby? 
I think that's actually a really good comparison. I never thought about that. Popovich, you know, tanked for Wimby. He was okay with it. They had like some decent players coming through there, DeJounte Murray, but ultimately they were really bad for the last couple of years. Really bad. Historic franchise, a lot of championships, really bad. Old coach that everybody says needs to retire, game passed him by. Just waiting for that franchise guy to come in for his last run in the league. I like that. I think that's a great comparison. It's super similar. That's spot on, uh, yeah. The other thing is, if Drake May becomes a Pat, might have to change your pants over there. Here's the thing. I love Drake May, hate the Patriots, but man, if he goes to the Patriots, that's a good situation for any rookie quarterback to be in, I think, besides Mac Jones. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, and then the last thing I want to say. Uh, Better there than Arizona. This is going to be my clickbait question of the night. Uh, mm. Who would you rather have, Justin Fields or Mac Jones? Give me Justin Fields, because at least he's got the the ground game. At least he's able to rush for first down. I mean, his decision-making is terrible, but Mac Jones just doesn't have the physical skill sets that Justin Fields has, I feel like. And both of them are pretty bad this year. Don't get me wrong. Put that in the clip. Both of them are pretty bad this year, but I think you have more hope that maybe he can be decent with Justin Fields than Mac Jones. What's your answer? Justin Fields. Justin Fields. I'm big anti-Mac Jones guy. I think he's really bad. Uh, I think if you put Justin Fields on this Pats team, I think he does better than Mac Jones. I think if you put Mac Jones on this Bears team, I think he does worse than Justin Fields. It's as simple as that. I think so, too. Some of those throws across his body, like the pick, the pick six, I mean, that's just inexcusable. Justin Fields makes some bad decisions. Don't get me wrong. But it's like some of the ones I've seen from Mac Jones literally make me go, what do you see? And I don't know if that's partially like play calling, coaching, whatever, but he just I just don't think he has it. And I would have to take um, Fields just based on potential alone. Uh, Chiefs at Jets, the whole Taylor Swift thing. I don't want to get into it. We've done enough on the Taylor Swift stuff. I don't care. Uh, Chiefs win 23-20. We got our clip, uh, like yes, the Mahomes, like Mahomes didn't look great. Whatever the Chiefs receivers aren't playing their best. Uh, I don't think it's the, as much as that. The Jet, like playing at MetLife, is a weird game. Of course, the Jets' defense is legit. The story of this game was uh, Zach Wilson's back. Zach Wilson's back. Zach Wilson showed he can sling it. I mean, it was glorious for me watching last night. At first, I was like, oh, it'd be so funny if the Jets won this game just because the Taylor Swift thing, like all that crap. No, that game was just amazing because Zach Wilson looked great. Did he trust tree? Trust tree. This doesn't leave this podcast. I'm here. Um, He got so lucky last night on so many throws. He had like seven throws that maybe should have been picked. Two of them for sure should have been picked off. There was that bomb to Lazard. Yep. The Alan Lazard touchdown. I mean, Alan Lazard definitely put gorilla glue in his gloves and he had a wide open tight end in the middle of the field, but that's besides the point. He slung it in there and it's a beautiful throw. He was slinging it last night. He was. He showed what Zach Wilson can do. I'm there. And guess what? Guess what? I think this Zach Wilson train is only going faster from here. It's only going to keep going because guess who they play? The Broncos. They play at Denver. He might have a good game against the Broncos. I agree. They're, that defense is god awful. Justin Fields only had like three incompletions on Sunday. Zach Wilson might have a day on Sunday, and everybody's going to all of a sudden buy back into Zach Wilson stock. Then, like, they lose to the Eagles or like randomly beat the Giants or something. And then he's got Chargers and Raiders. Like, Zach Wilson, they, <laughs> he might build up his stock enough to eventually maybe get traded. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I don't know how seriously anybody took my video the other day about Zach Wilson. I sneakily said if Taylor Swift is there, take him over 200 passing yards, which is like plus 220 or something like that. Finishes with 245. Just saying, I think there is a way he plays himself back into re- hey, like being relevant. Hey, his prop was 13 and a half rush yards finished with 14. Yep, he was he was dicing <laughs> him up. Uh, there's a way he does play his way back into relevance. I do think, especially with the teams they have coming up. 
What would Mac Jones do against that Broncos defense? That's the real question. That's how we should judge the bottom of the league is how well would you do against that Broncos defense? We saw Justin Fields had a really good game, lost, so that should be, you know, knocking down a couple pegs. Had a really good game statistically. What would Mac Jones do against that? We're going to see Zach Wilson against them. That should be the bar. That should be the bar. Are the Broncos just a Pac-12 defense? I, you might be spot on with that. Pac-12 after dark. Broncos letting up 70 points. This they're is absurd. Just watch, they're just watching so much Colorado film. They're like, I like what they're doing on defense over who, there in Boulder. Who comes in first, Jarrett Stidham or, um, Jarrett Stidham or uh, Taylor Haneke? I like Stidham. I think I do, too. I think Sean Payton's got a shorter yeah. leash. Yeah, yeah I, I like Stidham. I like Stidham. <laughs> oh, um, man. Anyhow, yeah, Chiefs win, whatever. Uh, yep. Seahawks-Giants are finishing up right now. Seahawks up 24-3, like I had mentioned earlier. They're going to win. Oh, um, oh s- sneaky. One last thing on the Chiefs. That Mahomes slide, you know how many people that screwed over? That would have covered. Oh, the, oh, I know. That would have covered the nine and a half, eight and a half, whatever you got it at spread. But that would have hit the over. Oh, man. This is going to be a lame take, but people were freaking out about it. He made the right play. Yeah, you made the right play. Like I would be questioning it if it was like, oh, what the crap happened there with you know, like why did he take a knee or if that down? didn't like, end the game, if that didn't end the game, yeah, yeah, especially if there was like more than two minutes left and the Jets could have stopped the ball more, then yeah. you're like, okay, what are you doing? That was the, it, it was the right play because then you get the ball back. Yeah, hundred percent the right play. Anyhow, uh, moving on. Any week two early lines you like or next week lines you like? I, I don't, I don't know if you have any specifically. Yeah. I can go, or if you want to go yeah. first. Um, one I already took, which is goes against everything I've said on this podcast. Steelers are plus four and a half against the Ravens right now. It's in Pittsburgh, divisional game. You know what we say about divisional road favorites, like the Ravens. I love the Ravens, but this is going to be a test. Like I said, Tomlin, scary to bet against. He's not going to go under 500 easily. This is going to be one of those games. He already said, he came out and said there's going to be changes. Four and a half is too many. This is going to be a one, two, three point game. So I like Steelers plus four and a half early. You see the Bengals are minus three against the Cardinals. That has to be the trap line of the of the week, right? Is Burrow playing? I sneaky. Does the tank start this week? <laughs> Maybe it does. Um, my only pick for next week that I like early. Uh, just watch the line movement. It's already moved down, so it's going. Uh, it's going towards the Texans. Um, but I like Falcons money line. I know I said, oh, as long as Desmond Ritter's playing, fade him. Not so fast. Not so fast. The Texans run game is bad. It, or the run D is bad. Let's uh let's do a little Texans revisionist history real quick and then we'll uh we'll get out of here. Uh Texans, who have they won against this year? They have beaten the Jaguars and they've beaten the Steelers. Jaguars run game is not that great. Yes, Travis Etienne's a fun running back. Meh. He had 20 Steelers. for 55 against the Falcons. Yeah, he's not a very Ste- efficient. Steelers running. Who's the Steelers running back? He's running in jeans. Yeah, Najee Harris. Najee Harris still ran for almost 80 yards, and they still ran for over 100 yards on that Texans team for how bad they were. Then you get to play the Colts. Colts dominate them. You know why? Anthony Richardson gets to run all over them. Ravens, they guess who got to run all over them? Lamar Jackson. J.K. Dobbins scored a touchdown who doesn't even play anymore because of his injury. I love the Falcons over the Texans this week. I think Bijan and Tyler Algier – it's one of those classic D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart, 100-plus games each where they just dominate the Texans, dominate time of possession. I don't think Desmond Ritter is going to have to do anything in this game. Give That's me fair. Falcons money line next week against the Texans. And like uh, last that. thing real quick, a uh, l- little thought, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Kansas, what, what happened? 
What, what what's going on there? Kansas needs to be investigated because how do you how does it not come out all week and then you get a tweet notification two minutes before kickoff that Jalen Daniels is all of a sudden out for this game? Star quarterback. Everybody's you know betting this game, talking about this game, line movements even going towards Kansas, and all of a sudden two minutes before kickoff, nobody knows about it, and all of a sudden, yep, Jalen Daniels out back tightness. Isn't that a little sketchy? And that brings up a larger point where. I think these teams need to be investigated. People are like, oh, you shouldn't be accusing them of that, whatever. It's not a harsh accusation. It's a very easy one to solve. It's very solvable. Hey, let's see their betting accounts. Let's see what's going on there. I want to see what's going on. Are you betting Kansas football on the Kansas football team? That's not okay. That needs to be looked at. I think that's a huge problem. I think this is a huge, obviously it's happening constantly in college football. I literally know of it multiple places myself that it's happening, but, but it needs to be exposed because what if the coaches are doing that? What if they're holding them out on purpose? Cause that's the kind of stuff where, okay, that means the coaches or someone higher ups involved, like a walk on or like a, you know, defensive player on the team, whatever that doesn't have much to do with the game is betting it. That doesn't matter as much as so much. Okay. Why are the coaches pulling him last second? Obviously he probably has an injury. I get that. But last second, you know about this all week going in. You need to tell reporters. It needs to be a rule in college football now that you need to report all injuries. It has to be. No, no more of this gamesmanship bullcrap. If this is going to be a regulated sport you're betting on, this needs to come out. They're a professional league. They get NIL money. This needs to come out. So to be, I think that was a very good point you made right there, all of them. To be devil's advocate here, what about the people who say, okay, but it would have been an advantage for Texas to know that he's going to be injured? Like why? Like what if they were playing it close to the vest? But on then purpose? you could say the same thing if like Texas is having in, an injury. Let's say Quinn Ewers is getting is like, hey, he's not feeling great this week. Then all of a sudden he Quinn Ewers is playing. Like or Quinn Ewers isn't playing, and they have to bring in the backup. It's it's the same thing. You, it's a two way street, and you're just the unfortunate player in that circumstance because you have someone who's questionable going into a game. Yeah, it just needs to be reported. I, I it, I'm not saying oh they did this, but I'm saying. It, it's very hard not to raise your eyebrow and be like, what's going on here? It is always weird when injuries like that come out late, when there's been literally no prior mention of it. Because it would be different if they said, ooh, Daniels tweaked his ankle yeah. in practice. He's on track to play, but then barring even, a late setback. Even, even on Saturday morning, if they're like, hey, he went through early warmups, it's not looking great. Or like, hey, he was limited in early yeah. warmups. Watch out for this. That's because because no. then Texas doesn't even have time to, time to prepare anyways. Like, if you want to announce it late, so be it. But to do it, like, two minutes before kickoff, I agree. Definitely shady. Definitely raises some eyebrows. Last thing, that's the worst way to lose a bet. I mean, I know yeah. there's bad beats. I didn't, I didn't, and I know there's late touchdowns. I know there's bad beats like that. But, man, for a star player, a quarterback at that, literally the reason we – probably one of the main reasons we bet Kansas, that's the worst way to lose because then you don't even have a chance. Yep. Uh, I – I saw t- Quinn Ewers running that first touchdown. I turned off the game. I don't watch the rest. I don't even know what happened. Yeah, I, saw I, did, the I didn't watch it. I, I, saw, I saw it watching. I'm not even going to lie to the people. I got so mad. I was done. I was so furious at kickoff. He ran that touchdown in. I was done. Anyhow, that'll do it from us today. We went a little over time. So if you're still listening, right. thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's always good. It's a good podcast. Uh, make sure to uh, subscribe, rate, review. Follow us on Twitter at Connor, Connor underscore Sparrow at Carter B8 or at CarterCast on all social media. Subscribe to the YouTube. You're watching on YouTube. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Uh, subscriber numbers are going up. Like I always say, they keep going up. They're going up, 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 up. Same with followers on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for following all that good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back Thursday. Preview. Always. You know the drill. You know what's going to happen. We'll be back Thursday. Stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Bye.